is going on, baseball fans? We are live doing This Week in Baseball for the first time ever. Uh, we're pretty excited about this. This is episode eight of season two. If you're a longtime viewer, listener, whatever it might be, welcome back. And for those of you who are new, wherever you're watching this, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, whichever it might be, we're glad you're here. For those who aren't aware, This Week in Baseball, Diamond Digest, we do this every week. We recap what happened the previous week. We got a panel of our uh, writers on every week. Last week, go through about seven questions in general, play a little game called Seventh Inning Stretch. We end with what we're going to be watching this week and what we think you should be as well. I'm your host, Jordan Lazowski, and the crew on tonight, Scott Bentley, Ryan Rudy, Joey Bully, some of, some of our best, only the best for the viewers as we go live. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic. I have uh, yeah. literally never been better. I cannot wait. The last time I was on here, I correctly predicted <laughs> who would throw the next no hitter. I don't know if anyone's aware of that. So I mean, I'm uh, no, I never heard about it. I'm, I'm 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 happy to be back personally, but you know. Personally, I guess Trevor Rogers on the same episode. So I mean okay. the head yeah. that the head to head record is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll address it right away. Scott, I guess I owe you an apology for, again, you not do. laughing at your choice of Spencer Turnbull, just laughing at the way in which you picked him to throw the next no-hitter. Well, but it was obvious, and no one else. It, I, it, it's when you started saying stuff like that is when I laughed at you, and <laughs> well, I apologize for that. <laughs> who's who's laughing now is the real question. Exactly. <laughs> Don't exactly. you feel ridiculous now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, I, I felt a bit ridiculous as it happened, but you know what? It is what it is. So, we do have a great show on tap for everybody. We'll do our usual standings update. We'll do what we call Around the League in 60 Seconds as part of our introduction. Each of our three panelists here will say, give their best recap in about 60 seconds. It's what they wanted to highlight and wanted to make sure you knew about this past week. And then we'll head into seventh inning stretch. We'll talk about a little bit about Marcelo Zuna and Mickey Calloway. It was a uh, great week for the integrity of baseball, honestly, this week. Uh, unfortunately, that being the case, we've got some foreign substance talk, some injury talk. We've got a little bit of everything. Um, but let's jump right in, and we'll start with our standings update. If the season ended today, here's what the standings would look like. In the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays would win the division. In the Central... We've got three Central Division people on here. I'm proud to say that my Chicago White Sox would win the division if the season ended today. The Oakland A's would win the AL West. And your two wild card teams out there, the Boston Red Sox, and just barely the Cleveland Indians. In the National League, the Mets, despite having everybody pretty much injured, currently lead the NL East. The St. Louis Cardinals, just a half game up on the Cubs in the NL Central. San Diego Padres at the top of the division in the NL West. Your two wildcard teams out there. No surprise, or should be a surprise, but no surprise if you've been listening. The San Francisco Giants are still in the playoffs. And your other NL wildcard team, again, just barely, but the Los Angeles Dodgers. So still three NL West teams. You know, we talk about it every week. We give the standings update every week, and I think the takeaway is the same every single week. 
how are the Giants still in the playoffs? At least from my perspective, that's what it is. I don't know if you guys take away anything different. That's, I've been asking the same question for weeks now. Yeah, um, this, I mean, the dot, they, you know, game this series, just this weekend yeah. <laughs> series that literally just ended. I mean, that they almost blew that game today. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, that it, they're just, uh, I, we kind of talked about it the last time I was on, but they're always a team that just seems to be like in contention and just seems to like be around. Uh, and currently they're doing a lot more than that. So, uh, yeah, definitely. It was a fun series this weekend, though. That's for sure. That those uh, Giants Dodgers series are mm-hmm. are already fun as is, and will only continue to become more fun. Is that English? Uh, if the Giants remain good, so yeah. Well, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's there's all there's the Giants being in a playoff spot, but also I don't know if anyone would have told you that you would ever have seen the Dodgers not in first or second place at any point this year. Like you know, get like a get two weeks out from the start of the season. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have predicted that once you get past that randomness, you'd see the giant or the Dodgers, excuse me, anywhere, but first or second. Yeah. And I think actually one of the, the comment I just popped up here, it makes a ton of sense. I think, you know, the giants pitching has been awesome really early on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, playing above expectations is a huge thing. And we're two months in now and you're still playing above expectations. At what point is it now? Hey, maybe this is a team that can do some damage this year as incredible as surprising as it might be. There's always a couple of teams. Um, yeah. And so. I, I think that along going along with that, a lot of people have been talking about their pitching, but if you look at their lineup, I mean, they've got one, two, three, four, five guys with an OPS plus over 125. I mean, you don't yeah. see that in a lot of lineups and they're mm-hmm. all 30 or older. The youngest one is Mikey Stremski. He's 30. The other ones <laughs> are Evan Longoria, Brandon Crawford, uh, Brandon Belt, who's hurt right now, and Buster Posey. Those guys are all 33, 34, 35 years old. So, I mean, they've got uh, – They're all expiring, some, too. Yeah. They're all mm-hmm. – like, yeah. they're, they're all they're – all of them are free right. agents like, at so, the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been watching a lot of Giants baseball. I'm sure Diego in the track helps out with that. But, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, they've been, hitting the, they've been hitting the crap out of the ball. I mean, that's – and they, they've been pitching pretty well. It looks like their pitching is fading a little bit, um, mm-hmm. which we could expect because of just how – out of this world they were at the beginning of the year. But, I mean, their offense has been very good. But, I, you know, this is their 2012 World Series core that we're talking about. All right. Here. Yeah. I mean, Let's chill. <laughs> I know it's a sore spot for me, too. But, I mean, that's who that's who we're looking at here, basically. So, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how long they'll be able to keep this up. 2012 is not a good year for you, Scott. What happened? Oh, 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 shoot. That's right. Okay, never mind. The Tigers lost the World Series. Okay, I got it now. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, your current manager was already a year retired, actually. <laughs> so, yes, that, that's the year we're talking about. I I, I lose any time LaRousse is brought up from being I, – I, there's nothing left to say. Other yeah, I mean, than – How do you counter it? How do you counter it? Yeah, I, I got nothing. So instead, I'm just going to say, let's move on to around the league in 60 seconds because I don't want to talk about that anymore. So can we Brent, can we talk about the fact that I'm literally have zero memory of the last time your team was anywhere past the division series or <laughs> same, same. Woo, we're all oh, we're about done with you already. We're, anyway, we're anyway, anyway, anyway. Sorry, no, sorry, go ahead. No. sorry to interrupt. Continue, continue, oh, oh, please, no please go on, please go on. Uh-huh. Around the league in 60 seconds. Each of these. Increasingly less wonderful gentlemen will get their <laughs> chance to recap the week in terms of, you know, whatever they were watching or whatever they were kind of focusing on. 
Uh, some big highlights and big takeaways uh, from the games this week. We will start with the only person who hasn't insulted me yet. Joey, you get honors of going first. Um, so my my 60 seconds this week is going to be very NLE-centric. Um, I was at a couple of Nats games this week, including the high point of pretty much my entire baseball life, the Nats streaker. I was at that game. Fantastic experience. <laughs> nice. Absolutely oh, phenomenal. If you incredible. haven't seen the video, I recommend you check it out. Um but, you know, it is a little. Anyway, um, the Nats stink. So that really adds kind of like a ripple to this, this NL East. I mean, I think people expect them to at least be a third-place team. Um, but they're just – they're not getting it done. I mean, you see the Mets have somehow managed to hold on um, to first place despite, you know, some of their players' limbs perhaps struggling to hold on, it seems like, with all their injuries. Um, but I really just want to use this as a platform to uh, get the hashtag fire Davey going again. Davey <laughs> Martinez is a terrible manager. He like Last Sunday, he let Patrick Corbin hit with bases loaded in the bottom of the fifth and two outs when they were up by one run, I think. Um, and he popped out after giving up like five runs already. And then today, Max Scherzer was dealing and he pinched it for him after 86 pitches. So, you know, he sucks. Just wanted to get that out there. Use this as a platform. Get the get the train rolling again. There you go. Easy enough. There you go. <laughs> Ryan, what you got? Uh, well, my focus as a Cubs fan has been on the Cubs. Uh, they won six straight this week, and their bullpen reached a scoreless streak of 38-plus innings. Made It might have been 38 in part of an inning, um, which is one of the longer bullpen scoreless streaks in the last while. Um, so that was really impressive to watch. Um, I mean, and it seems like they've had a guy hit the IL about every day as it's been going to, um, which is, which is pretty brutal. Um, and on the flip side of that, um, Cincinnati, who the Cubs just took two of three from, um, they finally got a win today, but still have had another not great week and are sitting now five games under 500, six games back in the division, not where they wanted to be either, you know, similar to, to what the Nats are looking at. Um, and of course, maybe the weirdest play anyone's ever seen in Cubs Pirates earlier this week. <laughs> Which, uh, Weird's one word to use. Yeah. <laughs> I have plenty of other words, but you guys don't yeah. want to hear those. So Yeah. I do. I'm worried about when you get to that part of this. I'm, I'm a little worried. But Scott, what you got? Uh, so I'll start with my my regularly scheduled to like Tigers propaganda. Um, the uh, we we swept the Yankees. I don't know if anyone's heard, but we swept the Yankees, which is awesome. Um, the I think the most important thing for kind of in our last twenty, we're thirteen and seven, which like we haven't gone on that good of a, and it's so sad, right? Because like any other team, you're like, all right, like that's an above average 20 game stretch, but this is like the best 20 game stretch we've been on in five years. So like, it's, it's sad, but nice. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think the most impressive uh, or most important part is, uh, is the starting pitching for this team has been unbelievable. And I think it actually might be good enough uh, to a point where it could kind of mess up, uh, be it, be a lot tougher of a win than we have assumed going into the year and then they have been the last three or four years um since may 10th their starting rotation as the third highest era in baseball that's pretty unbelievable um and uh yeah turnbull threw a no hitter i predicted it i don't know if anyone heard um but but like mize went toe-to-toe -to -toe with cole on saturday 
and through five innings, uh, he, he matched them. He, he actually had better, like, boomer stats than him through five. who's way less efficient, but, um, you know, uh, impressive nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that could, you know, ruffle some feathers and, and maybe down the stretch could be a lot tougher of a of a, uh, a, of a win than, than people expected, especially as that race tightens later in the season. Um, besides that, uh, like you said, coming in, not a very good week for the uh, for the integrity of the game. I'm sure we'll we'll get into plenty of that stuff. Um, the other thing is I I I like watching the Brewers play baseball, and it's like weird because they don't have an offense. And and uh, I but for whatever reason, I mean, it's because they're starting pitching. It's not just some random reason, but they are easily. Uh, one of my favorite teams to watch right now, and a lot of people kind of are confused by that or, or don't get it because, again, they, they score like a run a game if they're lucky. But um, watching Burns and Peralta and, and that whole rotation really pitch is, is really fun, and it continues to be fun uh, mm-hmm. as the season goes on. So, Yeah. I will I, say I, I, think... got, I, got to, uh, I got to experience that, that Brewers team today. Um, Woodruff was very good. And their offense yes. was their offense mustered like five hits, maybe four in a win. Yeah, sounds about right. And sounds kind of about what, right. Yeah, kind of to what both of you were saying. It's I mean, even Ryan to an extent too. I mean, every week we've been going through this and and, and doing these recaps. Like we're always talking about pitching. It, it's someone else's pitching seller. It's I mean, however many no hitters we've already had this year. It it's been a lot of pitching dominance. Um, and from a Tigers perspective, if if Casey Mize and school become some of the guys that they're, they're supposed to be, it's not going to be fun in the Central Division, um, which is frustrating from my perspective. But. Yeah, Mize's <laughs> last six starts, he has five quality starts and almost a sub two ERA. So, and you're starting to see that progression. It's it's yeah. Big speaking time. as being on the other side of the rebuild tunnel, it's the start of the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, for the Tigers yes, and their finally. fans, but finally, yeah, that I, I think that'll be something to keep an eye on too. In general, is just how, how some of the younger guys for those Tigers do progress around um, the next couple of weeks and into the next couple months and all that fun stuff. But for sure, let's jump into everybody's favorite part: seventh inning stretch. So let me share my screen here. What we've got is I've got seven questions I'm going to ask each of our three panelists here. Based on how much or how little I like their answers, they'll get points (laughs) based only on my very arbitrary scoring system of none at all. Other than that, most wins at the end of these seven questions, which is I, I think we kind of talked about a little bit of everything from around the league. We'll cover as much as we can here. So, okay. gentlemen, good luck. Except to you, Scott. Uh, did I already say that? <laughs> remember, remember, remember last time I was on when when I did I what did I get second? But I barely lost. And if you actually didn't count all the points that were taken away by me slandering Laz, I would have dominated. I would have won by like <laughs> twenty points had had those points not been taken away from me. But. Uh, the people's were. champion. Oh, the people's yeah, champion. Exactly. Exactly. To be fair, I, I did cede my victory to Scott after his correct. That is true. That is true. That is true. After Turnbull's no no. Yeah. I do feel that actually should have been an automatic win in uh yeah. 
Oh, it's been a win in my eyes since it happened. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the seventh inning stretch win. <laughs> oh, let's jump into this. So inning one, Marcelo Zuna was arrested this weekend on assault felony charges after police witnessed an altercation between Ozuna and his wife. Obviously that's a um, very tame way of putting a pretty gross situation. I, I think there's no real great way to handle a topic like this. So I'll simply ask, is this the end of Marcelo Zuna's career? Should it be? And should Major League Baseball implement stricter rules surrounding players with assault cases? We will start with Ryan. Uh, is this the end of his career? No, probably not. Should it be? Absolutely, utterly, undeniably, yes. There is no defending what he's done. Um, it is utterly deplorable, and until Major League Baseball has a policy that actually, you know, puts these guys' careers in jeopardy and puts something on the line for them, you know, we see domestic violence happen again and again, and until until the players actually feel like they're going to be reprimanded for it, more than a slap on a wrist and half a season suspension, it's going to keep happening and they're going to keep playing and that the track record is with other players that have been involved in domestic violence, they are, their careers continue. So there's no reason to believe that even if Marcelo Zuna, I mean, the only way I would see that his, his career might be over is he's potentially facing several years in prison for this as he should. And if that gets him out of shape enough that he can't play any longer, that might be the end of his career. But aside from that, he probably will get more opportunities to play. He shouldn't, but that's the, the matter of fact here. Joey? Yeah. Um, I mean, Domingo Herman, Adubel Herrera, Aroles Chapman, Roberto Ozuna. I'm sure there's more than I'm missing. But, you know, we can add Marcelo Zuna to that list. Um, it, it's just really sad. I mean, you, you like to think that, you know, these are people that you know, we can look up to and, and, you know, that kids can can have some sort of role model in some sort of sphere, but you know, all the time we see that they're, they're obvious, obviously they're not perfect. Nobody, nobody has the illusion that they're perfect, but um, that we see that they're capable of some pretty despicable things. Um, and normally in these sorts of situations, I kind of like to reserve judgment until more stuff comes out, but um, this seems really, really bad. Um, and I think that if things happen the way they appear to have happened at this point, that he will be facing at least some jail time. Um, and I think that MLB teams would probably be more averse to employing a player that actually spent time in jail as opposed to, um, you know, like those other guys that I mentioned that I don't believe any of them had any legal reper repercussions from their incidents, um, which certainly doesn't mean that they didn't happen. Um, but yeah, this is really bad. Sad day for baseball. Um, you know, hopefully he gets the help that he needs because clearly he's got some stuff going on with his family. So, you know, thinking about that, hopefully they can, uh, they can get through this as a, as a group. Scott. Uh, yeah. Will this be his last game? Um, if, uh, if he does not face jail time, I can almost certainly say it is not his last game. I, I'm very confident that he will play again if he does not go to jail. Um, it's uh yeah it's i mean it's it's horribly sad um that 
this keeps happening. And we have so much evidence of people just continuing to play after. So I, I have no reason to believe that this will be any different, um, which which is, again, in, incredibly sad. And I'm not sure that um, it, something needs to change, clearly. I, I don't know if, if making the punishment like like so bad that, you shouldn't have to just make a really bad punishment to not hit a woman. Like it, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be a thing. You, you shouldn't just be like, Oh, well, because you know, be, because I'm going to get suspended three years now, now I'm not going to do it. That, that shouldn't be your thought process. That shouldn't be how anyone's thought process works toward this. So um, I, I, I'm not sure like if, if that lowers, if that lowers cases, like, like, I guess, sure do it because at the end of the day, that's the goal. But like, Something, uh, I don't know if it's systemic or what, but but something clearly needs to change on, on a very broad scale. And, and do I have answers? No. Uh, but something is, is clearly wrong, and I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I don't just want people to, to, I don't want people to do it. So, like, if that's, if, if you know, if, if raising the punishment is what it takes, then, then that's what it takes. But I feel like... Um, you know, getting people help they need or, or something along those levels is 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 maybe more beneficial if it helps it systemically. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you all kind of bring up good points on this. I, I do want to touch on this just briefly um, before we move to the next part. I, I think the biggest thing is kind of like, Scott, you're saying, like, it, there shouldn't need to be a punishment to not hit someone. Like, it, it should not be that difficult. And, and the problem is, apparently it is. And, and you know, it's it's sort of in, in its own way, in principle, I'm not comparing this at all, so don't get me wrong. In principle, it's like when you talk about things when it comes to like climate change or, or punishments on companies and stuff like that, we shouldn't need to have some of the conversations we have to have in some cases. But at the same time, it's like uh, until you realize like sometimes this is the only time people are going to actually act in a way that is beneficial to others. Like sometimes you have to do something. And that's the frustrating thing. It's do they have to put stricter rules around not hitting women into major league rules? Yeah. Is that a sad state of society? Also? Yes. And, and it's frustrating from both aspects. And I think, you know, we're not shy on touchy subjects on this, on diamond digest in general, much less this podcast, but I, I think it's frustrating to continue to have these, especially as we, jump into inning number two, which is just another horrible, touchy, unfortunate subject that we have to talk about. And that's just where the game is. You know, you talk about growing the game and changing the game. And sometimes you got to look inside too. So with that being said, inning two, Mickey Callaway was fired this week by the angels after months of investigation since the original, um, sexual misconduct charges came out i think before the season started um he was also placed on the ineligible list through the end of the 2022 season by major league baseball and following their internal investigations so is this a very similar question is this the end of callaway's career and what can the league do to ensure something as horrifying as callaway's misconduct is kept out of baseball for good and i i think i asked this question because you know, it, 
there was a pretty long paper trail of people just saying, oh, yeah, that's just how Mickey is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think The Athletic has quite a few articles on just some of the allegations against him. So I turn it over to you guys. We'll start with uh, Joey. Hey, Laz, real quick. Can we not do points for these first two questions? Yeah. I think these, these subjects need to be you know, their own Good discussions problem. independent of, of points. Anyway, go ahead, Joey. Um, yeah, this is the same thing. I mean, it, it, it's obviously not the same thing exactly, but it's really the same thing. It just shows that there's um, – actually, it's not the same thing. This is a much more macro baseball issue that – and maybe even sports in general that – we keep seeing that it's it's not exactly a I hate to use the phrase safe space um, to be to be lampooned on Twitter, but um, I, I I mean it's it should be somewhere where people can go and not feel like they don't belong there because sports are for everybody. I mean this is something we all know this, um, but to have something like this, especially so close to um, the Jared Porter incident coming out, I mean that was they were just. I mean, it, it, there's the similarity in the incidents, and I'm sure there's hopefully not too much more that we haven't heard about, but I'm sure there's more that we don't know about um, about this sort of stuff. So, I mean, it's really just, it's really disheartening. Um, hopefully, you know, he learns from his mistakes and doesn't do it again. Um, you know, that seems like a really um, not a lot to ask, but you never know. Um, hopefully, Major League Baseball um, has – a, a better approach to sort of handling these things before they happen in the future and just having a system in place where um, people don't feel like they're being excluded from the game. Really, that's it. I mean, it's, I, I don't have a plan. I mean, it's really difficult to, to sort of, you know, plan against this kind of stuff. You know, I'm just another really sad story. And I, I wish it hadn't happened, obviously. And, I wish that those women hadn't had to go through that, but I, I, I gotta be honest. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I, Scott, um, Ryan, I don't know if you personally have anything to add. I think Joey kind of covers it well there. I think it's frustrating that we're months into this and we're just getting a solution now. I I think that's one of the more frustrating things just in, in terms of this isolated incident from my perspective, it's, we're months into this now and we're just getting a solution um, or just getting an answer. Yeah. It's not even really a, it's, it's, there's like, he can, he can try and get reinstated at the Mm. end of next year. Like that. I'm, I'm maybe this is wishful thinking. I, I don't think anyone touches him with a 10 foot pole, even after the 2022 season when he, whatever can happen, can happen. Uh, So, so I, I, uh, I'm, I'm at least, I don't even know what the word is, but I, I at least take some comfort in that. Um, but yeah, I, Joey pretty yeah. much covered at everything about the actual thing itself. It shouldn't be a thing. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, that, that does sound more systemic. So hopefully, uh, yeah, something can change there. If I could just yeah. add something, one more thing real quick, unless you want to go. No, no go please. Please go, Joe. Um, my hope is that if this happens again in the future, which hopefully it doesn't, um, but I think that the way the, the team that he was employed by handled the situation was uh, sort of inappropriate in my opinion. 
I think that, um, you know, they waited to fire him until they knew that they, they weren't going to have to pay him, uh, which is, I, I, I guess I understand from one point, um, you know, I wouldn't want to give that man any money after what he's done. Um, but also I think that just cutting ties immediately as soon as possible is the best way to do it. And he spent five months or three months or whatever employed by that yeah. organization before they um, decided it appropriate to, to cut ties with him. So I think that could have been handled better. You know, I kind of get the, the rationale behind it, but um, you know, maybe in the future, that's, that's not the best approach. Yeah. Um, I mean, really my, like, I think, and part of, part of what I think was raised as a concern with firing him right away was, you know, we could face a wrongful termination lawsuit or something. And really, it's just like at some point, this whole process should not get in the way of basic justice, basic human decency. That's that's really where it's at. Yeah, so. And again, I, I, I do want to move on and talk about other things within the sport. But I, I do, again, I write these. I, I think it is important to talk about them. I, I don't think there's... Uh, enough um there can never be enough what's the word i'm looking for i i guess people can't become there, there's no such thing as too aware of a situation people need to be aware of what's going on mm-hmm. people need to be aware there's a problem because if, if people aren't aware and whatever little thing we can do to bring it to some information to somebody different i, I still think that's very important um again i know it's a baseball podcast but this is related directly to baseball and I, I think it is still very important to spend at least a bit of time talking about yeah. these. Um, Absolutely. So that that's just my two cents on that. Um, we will move on to inning three. We've got Joe West back in the news again. After this week, he, um, he, he broke the record for most games ever umpired. He found other ways to keep his name in the news because just breaking the umpiring record was not enough. He called out two different pitchers this week, Giovanni Gallegos of the Cardinals and Craig Kimbrell of the Cubs for having foreign substances on their hats. Um, Cardinals manager Mike Schilt didn't take too kindly to this one. Uh, He he took it a little bit better than Ross did, mostly considering Wes did it um, in the game against Gallegos where Kimbrell was on the way to the bullpen pregame like he handled it then. Either way, you look at this, could this be the beginning of policing foreign substance used by pitchers or is this simply Joe West being Joe West? Um, interesting conversation. We will start not with my face, but with everyone's face. And we'll start with Scott. Uh, well, for starters, I'm very pro it happening to any Cardinals player. So like that's, that's <laughs> totally fine. I, I am, that is, that is more than fine. And Joe West can be Joe West all he wants. Um, in, in that sense, I, 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 I'm not trying to walk a fine line here, but I do think that it's it's kind of a healthy mix of both. I think we are finally seeing um, something that has been kind of presumed for a while finally start coming more and more to light, uh, especially with how, how loud people like Trevor Bauer are. Um, and I think Joe West is the king of the ump show. I, I think Joe West you know, p- players love them, the the all-star game, you know, and then I'm not saying that these are bad things, but you know, like, like getting a picture of Nelson Cruz, like, like <laughs> I, I think he's, uh, he's, uh, do I think that, that 
mad his whole career this hasn't been happening and then now the last two weeks oh look all these pitchers are starting to to use foreign substances and joe west called games no absolutely not but uh i think that maybe uh did he get like a direct order to like be more on the lookout i I don't think so either i think this is this is more of just uh uh that information coming more and more to light and him saying, you know what, like not 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 while I'm still here. And uh, <laughs> and, and here we are. And, and as far as you know, him breaking the the all-time game you know record for, for games umped, I would have given him a cookie. Like, so what, dude? Like, go away. I, you know, and so that's that's about all I got to say about that. <laughs> Ryan. Uh yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm largely in agreement with Scott, and I have a lot of thoughts on this um, in various directions. But I do think that it's generally going to be a good thing if they start cracking down on substance use. I don't know that it's really happening. I mean, I know if if you may recall, Trevor Bauer had a ball taken out of a game earlier this year to for examination or any whatever, and everyone's like, "Oh, we got him! Like they're going to get Trevor Bauer." And I don't think any we've heard anything about that since then. Um, so on a certain level, it might be kind of a spectacle thing of the league of, look, we are paying some attention. Um, but who really knows? Um, I, yeah, it's, it's weird, um, in the ways that it's happened, right? They, 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 they took the ball up from Bauer and then they call two pitchers out independently for it. And other than that, there really hasn't been word about it in a situation where it's presumed that pretty much everyone's doing it. Um, So it's, (laughs) I don't know. Um, And it'll be interesting to see if Joe West specifically keeps calling this out too, if that's like a Joe West thing, because it's also been no specific umpire has done something like that too. But anyway, last thing I want to say is, I don't know if you guys watched the Mike Schilt video. I didn't watch the full 10 minutes, but I watched the first couple minutes of it. And, uh, Good, good for him for sticking up for his pitcher in yeah. case he wants to wear sunscreen and protect himself from uh, from skin cancer. There, that I did not listen to all of it. I was going to say everybody should take the time to listen to it, myself included. Um, I did not hear that part, so I will have to go back and. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the bottom line is good for him for sticking up for his guy, yeah. obviously, and he really made it a public thing of look, the league is should be paying attention to this. It's not my guy specifically. Mm-hmm. And it may not even be an illicit, illegal thing that he's using. It might just be, you know, some run-of-the-mill substance. I don't think it is, but, you know. <laughs> I, I appreciate managers who stick up for their players. And if I had a little point Do thing, you? I'd give... I, I, oh. I was, would you let me finish? I, <laughs> I had a point thing. I would give myself a point for that sly comment right there. I don't need it from you, Scott. I knew what I was doing when I did it. Wait, wait. So, if your manager did something like you know approve of another team throwing at his own players, yeah, like that'd be a bad thing. Hypothetically, whatever it is, I wouldn't like that too. Much. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just in theory. Um, okay, okay. Certainly, never anything I've seen in practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is a good conversation, guys. Open, open conversation. I like this. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. I'm glad you approve, Joey. Um. So, I don't like defending umpires, generally. Uh, But 
Joe West's excuse for why they pulled Gallegos' hat was actually not terrible. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. He said, uh, we wanted to protect him so that, uh, you know, Tony LaRusso or somebody didn't get mad and see something on his hat and get mad at him, and then they had to go through this whole thing. So if that's really what the motivation was, then okay. But also, like Scott said, Joe West is the king of the ump show. So it could have just been something that he saw a way to draw attention to himself and uh, and went for that. So I and I actually hadn't heard about this, this Kimbrel thing, um, but it doesn't surprise me that it was Joe West at all. So as far as the league goes, I think it's it's a really difficult thing to police only because like there's just such a legacy of them not caring like mm-hmm. they, they banned the spitball in like what the 1920s but you know Gaylord Perry everybody knew that he was slathering a ball in Vaseline like that, that's mm-hmm. not a secret everybody knew that and the league didn't care they didn't do anything about it um so I I, I hope that we that we as fans are able to recognize that this is something that pitchers do, and it's something that a lot of pitchers do, and it's probably something that your favorite pitcher does. Um, <laughs> so a good point. We, we have to recognize this is something that happens, and we also have to decide whether it's a bad thing or not. Personally, I don't mind if, if pitchers are using a little rosin and sunscreen so that you know the ball isn't you know hitting people in the face. Like I'm cool with that. But what I'm not cool is with using it to get an extra 500 RPM on your fastball or 300 or whatever whatever it adds. Um, so I think there's a big difference between control and using it to add spin. Um, and the other thing is if the league starts to police this foreign substance use, and I think a lot of the other problems we see with the league's offense, offensive woes start to go his way as well um, because I think pitches are going to be easier to hit because they're not moving as much because they're not being used by or they're not being aided by illegal things. It's a good point on that front. I, I, I think, you know, hitting a baseball is hard enough with, with such a focus on spin rate and spin efficiency and tunneling and all that fun stuff that everybody loves. It's only getting harder for hitters. And at a certain point, you got to stop blaming the hitters and just say, hey, it's getting way too freaking hard to hit a baseball right now. And that's kind of where we're getting to on this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I did not hear Joe West's explanation for that. However, if... if Tony La Russa is going to start calling out other teams and, and their players. You better be careful because Lucas Giolito, like pretty <laughs> clearly, I, I love him, but it, as the years have gone by, it's gotten more and more clear that they just don't care after a while. And the league's yeah. going to have to give, the league's going to have to give some sort of notice before they just start yanking these guys out of games. I think that would be my sure. only concern. Well, and so I didn't really know. I don't know what Gallegos' hat looked like or anything, but like Kimbrel absolutely had a very visible yeah. spot on the center of his brim. So like it, it makes sense that he got called out. But it's just interesting where they're going to draw the line ultimately with what is acceptably visible and what is not. Right. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gallegos had like a little white spot like right here. Okay. But I mean, think about like I, one of the big things I remember about Cliff Lee is he always had like a an entire hand of like rosin or chalk mm. on his hat. Yeah. And nobody ever seemed to care. So, yeah. It was very visible. I mean, I, I'm sure Joe West umpired games that Cliff Lee was a part of. So, it's like at a certain Safe point, if, 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 every, <laughs> if everyone's doing it, like, it's not like 
a, a naming a certain pitcher doing it's bad. Like everybody, literally everybody's doing it in in some form or another. It's whether or not you're catching them. Because yeah. um, again, if everyone wasn't doing it, then managers would call out other teams. But they realize they got six other guys out of their bullpen coming in that are all doing the exact same thing. So. <laughs> Inning four, question four with, what's the score here? Joey in the lead. Noah Syndergaard will be shut down by the Mets following right elbow inflammation um, in his recent rehab. Now, given how the Mets have been absolutely decimated by injuries um, and at the same time are still back in first place, how would you even begin to address their needs if you were the GM? And we will start with Ryan. Uh, should you address their needs? Yes, absolutely. Um, they're, you know, I, th- I think I was reading an article the other day, even as the trade deadline talk started to heat up that, you know, you, as a GM, you can typically break the season down into three, two month segments. And so the first two months are where you get a sense of your team. The second two months are where you act on that. And then the last two months, you just have to watch it and play out and see what happens. Well, the Mets obviously were expecting to be a much better team than they have played like so far. And they were also expecting to be in a much more competitive division than they've been in. Well, they haven't played competitively, but neither has anyone else so far in their division. And they are very, very lucky for that. But if they stay sitting ducks, they are setting themselves up to just be taken over by a very good Braves team, despite some poor pitching health, um, a Marlins team that could hang around, um, a Phillies team that can hang around. I mean... There's no team in the division that you can absolutely rule out at this point. And on top of that, it's it's not too, too difficult for them to say, okay, we're going to go out and get, you know, it pains me to throw this name out, but it's not too difficult for them to say, we're going to go out and get Chris Bryant, assuming he's on the market for a couple months. We're going to go out and get Joey Gallo, assuming he's on the market. Like, you know, I think pitching wise, they might be able to say, okay, we still have DeGrom. We might be able to have the health. But just given how much their offense has been down in the dumps, not at all what they were expecting, and everyone's hurt. Like, they need someone. They need absolutely another bat in that lineup. And, you know, it's it's hard to overkill on that regard, you know? Like, the Mets add Chris Bryant. They may still, on paper, not be as good as the Dodgers, all things said and done. So, given that you need to be sure you win that division... And you need to be sure that you're strong enough to contend with whoever you meet in the NLCS, assuming you get there. Yes, the Mets absolutely need to add someone, and it needs to be a big bat. Um, ideally, they can play an outfield position. Scott. Yeah, man. It's also it's almost like James McCann isn't actually good, and that, <laughs> that we've known that for a decade. It's almost like that, but apparently we're, we don't. And apparently we're not going to go after JT Realmuto, who – not only would be a, a, obviously a great game caller and a great defensive catcher, but would be a massive plus, a massive plus in that lineup uh, that it, that is laboring right now. But no, we wanted to overpay James McCann, who had like a 550 OPS like three years ago. So like that's cool, I guess. Um, so like that, just wanted to get my my that out of the way. The Don't beginning. tell the Sox fans that follow me. I know, I know. That, <laughs> that's one of many things we disagree on, but. Um, that, uh, it's, it's amazing to me that, that the offense is struggling as much as it is. That's really surprising to me. It's, it's not really something, um, that, that I expected even with, even with James McCann in the lineup, um, that, uh, 
they, they absolutely need to add someone. And, and while injuries are obviously a factor, um, it, it's uh, with the amount of resources and money that, that it kind of appears that they are being given, it's really hard to justify not adding big people at the deadline. It would be a really tough justification. That would be a, a really difficult conversation to have with the fan base after the trade deadline if you didn't acquire anyone and being like, hey, we're good, especially if what the current offense uh, – if though if that production continues through July thirty first, that is that is almost an impossible conversation to have with your fan base. So um, they absolutely need to add someone. Um, you can give us some top prospects for Robbie Grossman. Uh, that you know he's he's been unreal. Uh, so like you know maybe something like that. But but uh, but they they obviously uh, need to add a bat absolutely. Um, and and I don't think they have the the luxury of being like, oh, this is the first year of this regime kind of thing. We're just going to kind of see how it plays out. I, I think that's over. I, I think yeah. you have you have you have, this this regime has been so loud about uh, we want to win now. Our time is now. It, it, it's this regime's time, and uh, I, I don't think you can really justify uh, just just standing pat at this point. Um, so so yes, they absolutely need to add someone. Well, and not to mention this is a or team Matt that looked. <laughs> not to mention this is a team that looked really good on paper, even heading into last year. Like after 2019, they seem to be set up pretty well going into last year too. So I don't think this is like a first year thing where oh, we're just gonna like you know, you great point, Scott. I don't think they can really see oh, we're gonna see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. This team was supposed to be good right. last year. They're supposed to be really good this year, and they're not. Yep. Joey. Um. So if this was like a, an out-of-the-park franchise rebuild or something like that, I would be going into my personnel screen and firing my team trainer. They've got to be doing something. <laughs> How do you have this many people get hurt all at the same time? Like, it, I'm sure, but it just seems like every year all the Mets get hurt. So maybe they have some sort of internal like training thing that maybe they need to re- reevaluate because everybody is getting hurt, and it's actually kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. That being said, the Mets thing. Um, they just don't play well. Like, it, it just it played well in 2015. Um, but, you know, they have good players. That's the thing. They have good players, and their good players don't play well. Francisco Lindor has been less terrible recently, but still pretty bad. Um, and, I mean, their best hitter by value this year is Brandon, Brandon Nimmo. And their best healthy hitter by value Jonathan VR and then Tomas Nito and then number three in their healthy hitters by war, Jacob DeGrom, which is just, it's so sad. It is so sad. sad. Um, uh, That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, It's it's ridiculous. So let Matthew Penn hear that though. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, Joey's pro DH too. Joey's anti DH. I'm not going there tonight. Um, I don't know what it is that they need. I mean, obviously, like like Scott said, James McCann seems to have been a bad financial decision. Um, <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Francisco Lindor. Color be shocked. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they got Francisco Lindor for, what, 12, 11 more years? Um, so hopefully, you know, he gets it going. If you're a Mets fan, if you're like me and you don't like the Mets, 
Hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm glad you got paid. I'm glad he got paid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they need to go out. They need to do something. They need to all sit down at a table and figure out, okay, this is going to be our strategy going forward. And these are the guys we want. I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I'm not, I don't know everything they know. I'm not in their position. But what I know is that they need to make a plan and they need to stick to it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for a lot of, I, I feel like a lot of teams have, especially competing teams have, have suffered a lot of injuries. Uh, it's going to be tough over these next couple months when, when crunch time really comes and that trade deadline is knocking on your uh, front door that you got to figure out what you're going to do. Cause like there's five other teams who want to do the exact same thing. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Number four, inning five, fact or fiction? God, the more I think about this topic. The Pirates this week made the dumbest play we've ever seen on a baseball field. Fact or fiction? And if it's fiction, I hope to get the reason why from anyone who chooses that. If you're not sure what we're talking about, ground ball to third base um, in the Pirates-Cubs game this week. Two outs, runner on third. Runner on second. Excuse me, runner at second. My apologies. Um... A little bit of a wild throw to third on a ground, or on two first on a ground ball to third base. Instead of stepping on first base, Will Craig decided to chase uh, the batter Javi Baez back to home plate, and in that time, the runner from second made it all the way home, scored. Baez made it to first because no one covered first after Craig ran him down. He made it to second after a bad throw um, to first and. If you've ever seen the Bad News Bears, you've probably thought that was familiar. Anywho, fact or fiction, dumbest play ever. We will start with the man who got to watch the team. He was rooting for B on the other <laughs> side of it, Ryan. Well, so I was actually at work. I didn't get to watch it live, but I was very much I – was, I was not as focused on work as soon as I realized it had happened. Um, <laughs> but ah, I got to go – I, I think I would lean towards fact. I'm assuming there's some dumb plays out there, some really dumb plays out there. But yeah, like and there and there was there was just so multifaceted in how both bad and dumb it was. The throw pulls the first baseman off the bag. Then the first baseman gets so distracted trying to tag Baez that he. Chases him all the way home instead of remembering that he can turn around and step on the base at any time. And obviously then chaos ensues. But then even beyond the decision not to step on first base initially, getting the out at first, even after Contreras is safe at home, means the run doesn't score, doesn't count, and he's over because there were two outs. And the second baseman never came and covered first until way too late, which is why the throw from home to first got away and Baez was able to advance to second. And the Pirates overthrew second. Uh, Just the... There were so many phases of the play where everything went wrong that it's hard to see it as... I mean, there were dumb things happening on the field and it's dumb in in aggregate. Um, So it's hard to not see it on the whole as maybe the dumbest play ever. Yeah. Scott? Um, so I am 23 years old. I have been a Detroit Tigers fan my entire life. So if you can do the math, uh, I have watched two different teams from different eras in my life lose 119 games and 114 games, respectively. And I have never, 
seen whatever the hell that was in that game. I have literally sat through an entire summer watching objectively two of the worst baseball teams in the history of this beautiful sport. And I have never seen whatever I laid my eyes on in that game. That was abs- it, it's fact. I'm sure there have been stupider, stupid plays. I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, well, watch this, watch this. I do not care. That is, that is like, <laughs> like, I just want to start listing people from those horrible teams. Like, like Shane Halter never does that. Eric Munson never John Hicks like people no one else knows who I'm talking about none of those people did anything as egregious as whatever that was that was that Rudy was spot on that was as dumb as it was bad I, I'm not sure where you, where you go from that what do you do like because clearly you don't play baseball that's not an option so like I don't know what I don't know what happens after that. I, I really don't. And it's it, it's the okay. So that that part's done. Play was horrible. The only part that bothered me about it was how much everyone wanted to make it seem like Javi Baez was a wizard. Like okay, yes. Oh come on, give me a break, Laz. He, he ran. <laughs> You ran backwards. That's great, man. You ran backwards. Everybody was like, oh, Javi really pulled this one out. He went into his bag of tricks. The MLB Twitter account literally said something like that. It is – it that had – like him running backwards had what was so little to do with with the the absolute atrocity that, that was the defense on that play. Javi Baez, yes, was part of the play. Yes, had the not wanting to get – I'm not going to call it, like, the the attention or, like, the where – like, he just didn't want to get tagged like everybody else that plays baseball to turn around and mm. run the other direction. No, no, no. There's a difference between not wanting to get tagged and what he did. I'm not saying it's phenomenal what he did, but 99% of players stand there and let the guy tag you. And 99% of players look like, what is he doing running towards home plate? <laughs> I'm going to go step on first base right. and let's get this inning over. Well, sure. But in the case where they get chased, 99% of players aren't going to run away from it. They're just going to stand oh. there and get tagged because two outs, inning's over. It's only the first or second inning. Whatever. That's fine. That's fine. He he ran away from the tag. Most people wouldn't have. That's great, man. Uh, that's That's like... The definition of worthy of, of of let me like pull out of the oven a whole sheet of cookies and you can have all twelve like that's that's great but like I don't care I <laughs> that I, I don't care I, this is not Javi Baez being a magician this is not some some incredible Javi Baez highlight real worthy play which he has many of uh, I don't know that that was sure. just really really dumb to me I guess. Hey, great argument, Scott. Definitely was worth seven points. You anyway, know what? Continue. I, I agree. Joey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was – it was really bad. I mean, I, I feel really bad for Will Craig, but also I don't because, I mean, he's been getting just totally just – I mean, 
he's been getting it online um, on Twitter and and uh, and elsewhere and in press conferences. I mean, he just can't get away from it. Um, so I feel bad for him in that way. Um, but I don't feel bad for him because what he did was just I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Like I I would like to be Will Craig's inner monologue during that play. <laughs> like what what went through his head to make him think that what he did was the right thing? And I don't remember who the catcher was, but what was going through head? What what was going through the head of everybody else on the field where they didn't just say Will touch first base? That's all you need to do. Like it's it's not a difficult situation. I mean, it's it's really not complex. They're just he, the only reason Wilson Contreras scores is because there were two outs and he was running. I mean, that that that's it. Um, the only thing I've ever seen that could even like shine the shoes of this incident in terms of being bad was I think I don't remember if it was 2007 or 2008 um, at Comerica Park. Sean Casey hits a line drive to left field. Oh yeah, and oh, is subsequently thrown out sure. at first base. And, but sure. it, I mean, that wasn't nearly as boneheaded, and it that was more just bad. Like it was really bad. But this is got to be just overall like one of the worst, just like least intelligent things I've ever seen on a baseball diamond. I've watched a lot of little league, high school. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of little league. He says. <laughs> I mean, a little league first base in middle, all you have to do is touch a bag. When there's two outs, you step on the bag, that's the out yeah. in the inning. So it was really bad. Hopefully we never see anything like it again because, God, please, no. It was just so bad. I, I I will add just two quick things. I slept on it. I didn't tweet about it right away. I'm like, let me think about this before I say anything. I slept on it. I slept on it again, and I and I came to the same conclusion that I could not think of a reasonable scenario in which chasing the runner, no matter how many outs, was more reasonable than stepping two steps back and st- like we we like to focus. Oh, two outs would end of the inning. Like I'll, if he steps on first base, Contreras doesn't run. I think Joe, you had just mentioned that. Like that was the biggest thing. Like in no scenarios, like oh, I'll chase this guy instead. Like this makes more sense. Like. That's the biggest thing for me. If there's any high of Javi Baez magic, I'll not believe that he's an actual magician because he just wiped Craig's mind on that play. That's fair. that. That's that might fair. be maybe that's what El Mago really is. Maybe that's the <laughs> magic right there. He wipes people's minds, and that's they forget to play how to play baseball. Forget However, that I don't walk ever and strike out all the well, time. <laughs> and the thing is, he does make crazy base running stuff like that happen, where he just makes the defender screw up. But it's, like, it's, he, it's, he has been involved in several plays like that. That's now. true. That is very, that is incredibly valid and true. Yes. Yes, absolutely. but he's, for the most part, it's by something that he does well, like avoids a tag or something. Like, those are on him. Like, that is great. This would have to be actual voodoo magic for me to believe Almago <laughs> had anything to do with this. Yeah. And that's the only thing. I, yeah. I am not a Javi Baez hater by any stretch of the word. You'll find 90,000 Sox fans behind me who will line up with their own bias hate. It won't be me. But that was one situation. He says as he puts yeah, me nine points behind yes. Scott for an anti-bias argument. No, no it wasn't for that. Your it short was, you know, can't draw happened. walks either. So yeah, he no, draws more walks. Than my, do you know how? Well, it's like three to two. He literally looked it up. So, so I, I don't. I could draw more walks than Baez and Tim Anderson. I just go stand there, and it would work. Yeah, I mean, if Javi Baez was so magical, he'd be getting on base more than twenty-nine point seven percent of the time. I mean, it's just that. Yeah. And I mean, right, so we would talk about his, his walk numbers 
oh my god, he struck out 66 times and walked six. I mean, it's just like how and and and, and how do people consider this man an elite hitter? He swings at everything, and he gets lucky and hits stuff sometimes. I he hits I ball far when he does. He does. Yeah. We'll absolutely not take that away from him. He hits the ball very far, um, but you know you got to hit it. I don't know that anybody rational thinks he's an elite hitter at this point, but he still can put up like a 110, 115 WRC plus, all things said. And with his defense, that can make him a pretty elite player, close to elite. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh... I'll give you and... mine. I've taken enough points away from you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, who do you know. think the best shortstop in Chicago is? Don't. Well, you know. No, no, nope, nope, we're not. Nope, we're not doing that. We'll we're already an hour in. Like, we're we'll already an hour in, you know. <laughs> Scott, stir the pot a little sooner in the episode, and, and then we'll do it. Anywho, inning six. We can. Here you go. Here's your bashing white side. Look at Ryan, environment right here. Here you go, Ryan. You get it all back right now. The White Sox were in the news again. Uh, after it was discovered that a section of the ballpark was na- that was named <clears throat> after a former ballpark employee of 60 years was renamed for Tony LaRussa. It was renamed from Loretta's Lounge uh, to LaRussa's Lounge. And I'll be honest, I saw that and I didn't even realize it at the time. When I was at the game, I had no clue. Um, yeah. But it became news this week. Na- I'm only asking this because it caught the attention of the national media. If this state of Chicago story, I probably would not have even put this there. I'm asking if it should have been as big of a story as it has now become, where national writers are talking about this. Um, Because to be fair, this one's not even on Larusa. Like, I'm not a Larusa fan. This isn't even. This isn't his fault. Um, I don't know. We'll start with Ryan. Let's see if he can make up some points here. Sure. I think, yes, it should have been a national story, but the national story should have been what the hell is wrong with Jerry Reinsdorf? Like, what is his obsession with putting Tony LaRusso on a pedestal, lifting him up, glorifying it? Where, like, where does it come from? What is the point? Uh, like, what, like, what's there to gain even by calling it LaRusso's Lounge? I don't know. Like, Loretta's Lounge honoring a worker, a stadium worker of your team who dedicated so much of her life to your team. You know, even if people don't recognize that name, like they recognize LaRusso, what will... <laughs> Are people really like, yes, I love it. LaRusso's Lounge. Like, I vibe with this guy. Heck yeah. No. I vibe with this guy. <laughs> like, and and if anything, if people don't know what the name is referring to, maybe that'll inspire them to look it up, look into it, and mm-hmm. see what how important stadium workers are and, you know, the regular everyday workers are to baseball as it happens and the ballpark experience as a whole. Um, and on a bigger scale, it's really just like LaRusso doesn't deserve his managerial job right now. We don't have to get into that, but like, why does he deserve the extra praise? There's nowhere where he, where that's justified. And so it's Jerry Reinsdorf lifting up his buddy for absolutely no reason. And that does deserve scrutiny on a national level because what the hell? <laughs> Joey. Um, yeah. When Rudy said, you know, when you see Loretta's lounge, you look that up because like, Oh, I wonder who Loretta is. When you see LaRusso's Lounge, you look up Tony LaRusso's name, the first thing that pops up is his multiple DUIs. So hmm. that's maybe not the best thing to be promoting in your stadium. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's a pretty universally accepted bad thing, uh, driving under the influences. I mean, it shows 
selfishness, lack of, you know, respect for other people. Um, and I think we kind of saw that last week, whenever it was too, where, you know, he holds his morals above the safety and well-being of his players, as we saw with the Yermi Mercedes situation. And, you know, as for Jerry Reinsdorf, I mean, this man, he must hate the city of Chicago. He costs that. I mean, we all watched the last dance. We had nothing else to do. How many more championships did he cost them by alienating Michael Jordan? I mean, it just, I, I, I can't, can't, he brought them, you know, the three with MJ and then they've got the one with the White Sox in 2005. But I, I, I'd, I'd like to think that MJ had much more in the tank in Chicago. And obviously this, this isn't a basketball podcast, but this is just going to, to demonstrate Jerry Reinsdorf's history of putting his own preferences ahead of what would be best for the success of his uh, business ventures, as I'm sure he thinks of them. I kind of want to skip and just go to the last question, but I do have to ask Scott for his opinion and I'm going to regret it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, this is an embarrassment. This is not like a, this is not a, uh, Oh, like, like we messed up or, or, or all like it, it absolutely should be a national story and, and not only that but whoever it was whether it did come from jerry whether it came from from someone who who uh you know runs i still call it the cell whatever guaranteed rate whatever like like no matter who who was approved this decision uh, they should absolutely be be, and I'm not trying to make it sound like it's you know the end of the world or like the biggest deal ever, but like that it, it's 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 dumb, it, it's stupid. None of it. There's there's no justification. There, there's none. There, there's no like oh well well like yes what what it was was super cool and she's awesome, but X Y and Z. There is no X Y and Z. The, the there it is blankness. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. White Sox postseason success the last 14 years. It doesn't exist. Oh, like there, it's nothing there. So like, uh, there, there's no, there's no like, there, there's no, there was no reason to do it in the first place. They did it because I don't know why, and no one knows why. It, it's stupid. It absolutely should have been a national story. I'm really glad that that it was kind of blown up like that, so that whoever made the decision, whether like I said, whether it was Jerry or not, um, can can kind of be ridiculed i like I, I don't i don't call for people to be ridiculed and criticized but like that's that's not something that should have happened and and, and yeah it's it's uh it's dumb no. and i'm really happy that people are like taking pictures next to it with uh with with either anti larusa uh like like merchandise or with uh with with like pictures of her like like who it was before and stuff like there there's some at, at least you know, people are actually realizing it again because it was a national story. So I'm glad that I'm glad that it was. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to comment real quick because I think you make a very good point too. Like, there's nothing that Larusa did, and I think it's worth emphasizing. There's nothing he did to earn it. You know, yeah. like we we even had a discussion on the hot mic last or last night of yeah. like, you know, Scott's talking about, well, are we going to get a statue in Detroit of Miggy or Verlander? And there's people that argue neither because they didn't even win a ring despite their incredible personal accomplishments. Well. Larusa doesn't even have personal accomplishments, nor does he have team accomplishments in Chicago. He he managed there f- what forty years ago, 35, 40 years ago. 
He got hired again when he probably didn't deserve to be. He's done nothing to earn it. Getting fired. His literally his the reason he has a job is because he got fired once. That's literally yeah. his like biggest accomplishment. There is getting canned. Like I. Yeah. yeah. So like I just want to put this out is like the obsession with praising him. Like he has done nothing to earn it. He's he's gotten the praise he deserves. He's in the Hall of Fame for what he did with the Cardinals. But he'll let you know too. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, absolutely no reason that he deserves anything from anyone right now, really. I'm going to say two really. quick things. Number one, I, I'd love to just have one week where the Sox cannot be on this. Like, I, I, I don't enjoy this. That's the first thing. Number two, I think you're all right about just, number one, it's not on him, but also number two, he's done nothing to earn it, per se. Um... Along those lines, there are quite a few people who just love Larusa, and I don't know if people just love it because everybody else hates them. Um, but I, I think it's funny because you know there are a lot, myself included. I'm a pretty big supporter of the Sox GM Rick Hahn, um, and, and a lot of times, if you said good things about Han or not, if you didn't criticize him, I guess you were considered what people call the Han bot. Like people, like you couldn't see past your love of somebody. I, I'm sure you see where I'm going with this. You couldn't see past your love of somebody and criticize them accordingly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people who called people Han bots happen to be really big fans of Tony Larusa. I'm not generalizing. I'm making observations based on what I've seen. That doesn't surprise me. It's not a a one-to-one correlation. By no means is it a one-to-one correlation. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying, on the whole, a lot of stereotypical Han haters uh, and all that fun stuff happen to be big LaRusa fans who now can't criticize their guy even when he makes valid mistakes. Like, everyone's going to screw up. Like, it's true. Kind of um, makes a fellow wonder. Kind of makes a fellow wonder. It's, I, I sit there, I'm like, didn't we just have these conversations about all this Han stuff? And I was like, but anywho, it, it just reminded me of, you know, people are still, people, you're fine to support him. I don't, I really don't care. But understand that, like, don't try and play the, oh, I'm super supportive and he doesn't do anything wrong and 31 and 10. Yep. I don't care. Everyone makes mistakes. And that was your point back when it was Rick Han in the situation. Now it doesn't matter. Like that, that gets yeah. me. And yeah. it, it, this was another situation where it got. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's just hope that. Let's just hope next week I don't have to talk about the White Sox again. Um, <laughs> inning seven, as we round out and we start heading towards the home stretch of this episode, Scott's got a decent lead over Joey and Ryan. Well, I, I'm not actually sorry at all. Really? Yeah, I was going to really? say, you're not you take sorry. Take it as a compliment. It happened That's in the right. last episode. That's right. You just wear it with pride. It's a badge of honor. It really yes. is. You and me are in a very exclusive club. You yeah, that's right. what worries that's right. me. Inning that's right. seven. Zach Plesak landed himself on the injured list this week after injuring his thumb while, quote, rather aggressively ripping off his shirt. So I have to ask, what's the dumbest way each of you has ever been injured? And we'll start with, hmm, we're going to start with Joey. Um, so mine is probably actually baseball related. Okay. Um, so it would have been in high school, probably, I think it was my senior year of high school. Um, and I was playing a, playing a pickup game with some friends at a park, you know. I was playing first base, holding a runner, and uh, the pitcher threw over and 
evidently, I just missed the ball and it hit me in the face. Right there. Uh, I uh, was unconscious for about 15 to 20 seconds. Um, had to go to the, I don't know if it was the emergency room or if it was urgent care. I don't know. The whole, the whole rest of that night's kind of a blur, if I'm honest. Um, but I was, I was concussed for a pretty significant amount of time. Um, one time I was sitting in calculus and my teacher just walked up to it and walked up to me. She was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. I can't, <laughs> I, you're drawing lines and I just, I, I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. I, I just, I, it's not good. Um, so that, that's probably the, the dumbest way. Um, I've also missed first base. Um, and then I reached back for it and, and tore my meniscus. So that was pretty stupid. Oh, sure. Yeah, that one's sure. brutal. That wasn't fun. But I haven't had anything like this. I mean, like I've stubbed my toe like on a door frame, but I don't really think that wow. counts as getting injured. Yeah, that's no. uh, the meniscus one grosses me out. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. It hurt. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, we will go with Ryan. Mine, okay, so I think I have a, a winner for dumbest injury, which is I once broke a toe running down the stairs. Yep. Like yeah, that's a pretty good one. Just yeah. running down the stairs. I've I've got some honorable mentions too, one of which was uh, a couple summers ago I got concussed, so I was working at a golf course with a buddy of mine doing like groundskeeping and such, and he was driving a golf cart. I was sitting in the passenger seat on my phone, and he did like some swerving around to mess with me. And I wasn't paying enough attention. And he swerved so hard that he threw me off the golf cart. And I fell backwards, slammed my head on the ground, and got a concussion. <laughs> you guys and your concussions, man. Yeah. Um, good friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's, I mean, he'd like, that's the guy I lived with this year, too. So, like, good buddy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man. And then my third honorable mention is when I was four. On April Fool's Day. I broke my arm jumping off the back of the couch. I like I thought I was Spider Man or something. Jumped off the back of my couch, broke my arm Classic. on April on April Fool's Day, and my my dad would not believe my mom when she called him. He, th <laughs> he thought he was just legitimately like messing with him for April Fool's Day. That's fantastic, Scott. What do you got? I I, I saved you for last because I had a feeling you might have the best story. So you better not let me down. <laughs> I, I uh. I don't, I don't know how repeatable <laughs> so many, um, Also, like, you know, exact details of how they might have happened are like a hundred percent there. Uh, but, um, I have a still shot of one um, where I. I strained my, like, I really hyperextended like my, my, uh, like whatever, like this wrist, forearm area, whatever. Um, my, not very flexible, right? Um, there's a still shot of me falling face first over a comfort, over a, a lazy boy chair. Uh, and it was taken about five seconds before I, um, I gave myself a black eye and and strained a muscle in my arm 
uh, landing face first onto the floor there. Uh, but again, if that photo doesn't exist, I'm not sure I'm here to, to, to tell. I'm not <laughs> sure I, I have enough details to share that story. Um, I will say though, I also just like like small stuff. Like like I grew really fast. I grew really tall really fast when I was younger. So like I was really gumpy in like eighth and ninth grade and like didn't have control over all my limbs and stuff and have like stupid like small injuries like that. Um, but I will say just strictly baseball related, um, not me, but Joel Zamaya himself can top this story, can top this like four different times. Joel Zamaya missed <laughs> missed two months because he was playing Guitar Hero and messed up his throwing of a finger on his throwing hand. <laughs> he missed an, half of an entire season, move helping his buddy move. Uh, it, like just the the guitar hero one's the famous one, um, and then just this season, Spencer Torkelson uh, in spring training actually um, missed two weeks because uh, him, Riley Green, and Jake Rogers, who are all like very, um, very like big personality and like loud characters in the clubhouse. They're always mic'd up and stuff. They're fun guys. Uh, they um they all lived together during spring training and uh and and they were opening a can of spaghettios but they forgot to buy a can opener oh, so so spencer torkelson was trying to open it with a knife and he slipped and, and cut his finger and literally it was so deep he had to get stitches and and go to the hospital uh and and missed like uh i think 10 days which was like he was scheduled to be in like three of those games and it was spring training. So whatever. But uh, yeah, that, that was the big thing. Tiger's Twitter was like, Oh wow. Like somebody topped the Torgelson injury as like stupidest injury of the year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I had a feeling there were going to be those st- stories for this. <laughs> well, I mean, I even though like you I couldn't didn't... tell yeah. them, yeah. even yeah. though Rudy you at least had a full them. story, right? <laughs> I, I was quite happy with that. I, mine, I, my dumbest one was, when I was younger, <clears throat> inflamed my growth plate on the bottom of my heel because I jumped down a significant amount of stairs because my brother like dared me to. He's four years younger than me, and <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, and so it, it's like it'll still like flare up even wow. 10, 15 years later. Wow. Um, but I, I realized it was an issue, or someone did, because I was playing fall baseball at the time. And we did like running drills and I was like hobbling and hobbling. It was like, I, I did it that morning and um, went to practice later that day. And for years, because it was such a stupid injury and, and it was forced by my brother, we, we we told my mom for years that I had like slid into like a pole in our basement. Cause when we were younger, as if this was any better, it, I slid <laughs> into a pole in our basement. Cause we used to play base, like wiffle ball and stuff in our basement um so that was the story for years until we finally told her pretty recently like hey remember that well it's justin daring me to jump down <laughs> like seven eight stairs and that's actually how it happened wow um, those are great so, those are great stories so that's one where it's like i, I remember like thinking about it, I'm like why did we make up that as yeah story? like like that's arguably worse than just jumping down the stairs like you could have been fine with that yeah but like like 
oh, he dared me to. Like that hashtag. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty dumb. That's where the, the problem we're is. covering up. Yeah. 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 Um, well, to be which fair, I think, I, which I think I makes you a, a good brother. Exactly. I was gonna say I didn't have a problem telling him. Hey, idiot, made me jump down the stairs. <laughs> it's his fault, not mine. I was covering for him. I didn't have a problem, but uh yeah, that was the that was the stupidest one for me. Um, no. Because I lost most of that fall season while my foot was healing, unfortunately, yeah. which sucked. But that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Scott, congratulations on another seventh inning stretch victory. Uh, Thirty-four for Scott, thirty-one Joey, twenty-seven Ryan. You could probably argue Ryan won with the amount of points I took from him. Probably. But we're not going to argue that because that's just that's the nature of the game. You know what you're getting into. The people's when you're- people's champion. People's champ. People's champ. You know, streets are streets are talking. I have my ears to the pavement. (laughs) Either way, let's uh, let's let's start to wrap it up here, as we near the hour thirty mark. We're going to talk about what to watch for. Each of our three panelists here will give a series, a matchup, a player, something they're watching this week that they are definitely excited about, and they think you should be excited about too. So we will start with the winner, Scott. Yeah, so for starters, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, White Sox Spiders, White Sox Cleveland baseball team. Uh, I think that that'll be a really good series. Those are two teams that are kind of uh, White Sox have uh, possession of first currently in that division. But um, with Cleveland's pitching and stuff, a team that's hanging around, and I think that uh, that could be a really – really important series for this, uh, you know, first half of the season to kind of, you know, if the, if the Sox sweep that, that's that's huge, right? If, if they mm-hmm. even take two of three, that's massive. Um, so I, that's going to be a really important series. And obviously, even though um, even though the Tigers are, are nowhere near competitive for that, just AL Central in general, I'm always going to be interested in who's, who's at the top of that division. So that'll be fun for me. Um, and then as I mentioned earlier, I really like watching the Brewers, and the Brewers play the Tigers. So that works out pretty well for me this week. Uh, it's only a two-game series, I think, which is kind of uh, kind of odd because we have a two-game series, but then we don't play Thursday. So, like, why wouldn't you just make it a three-game? Whatever. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. I get to see some good pitching. Uh, Boyd and uh, – Boyd and – I don't know who, to be honest, is going to be the second one because Urania's hurt. So um, – It'll be Boyd and somebody uh, against some Brewers pitching, which is always fun. Uh, and then I believe at the end of the week, next weekend is Tigers White Sox, if I'm not mistaken. So that's yep. obviously uh, always always a uh, always a very fun series. Um, and uh, Twitter fingers <laughs> Twitter fingers come out in in uh, in, uh, <laughs> in in bunches uh, between Laz and I during those. So those are always fun. <laughs> The only thing that can make me feel at least a little bit better after a Sox loss to the Tigers are Scott's recap videos. Some, I, I can't stay as mad for too long after watching one of those. Um, I'm glad because I'm not very nice to your team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey, what you watching this week? Um, I think I like Mets Padres uh, next weekend. Mm-hmm. A couple of teams either in first place or very close to it. Um, maybe the Mets will get some reinforcements by that point on the on the health front. And Padres are always fun to watch. Um, you know, they have, not according to the people, but in my opinion, one of the most fun players in baseball, Fernando Tatis. Um, 
notably the most fun shortstop in the league, though. Uh, you know, just saying. Uh, Nico Goodrum? <laughs> yep, yeah, Nico Goodrum. He, he's a really good baseball player. He's good at hitting baseballs. Yep. Um, no, but, I mean, I think Padres Mets is definitely uh, one of the best series coming up this week. Um, realistically, I'll probably be watching Nats Braves. Uh, probably another sweep. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, what you watching this week? Um, well, I I'm torn between the you know early of early in the week. We've got uh, I mean, as Joey's talking about the Padres, the Padres also face the Cubs, who are hot right now. Early in the week, um, and there's also Red Sox Astros will probably be a pretty good series early in the week. Later in the week, I think um, Dodgers Braves will be interesting. A rematch, first rematch of last year's NLCS, um, pretty big. But truly, how can you not be watching the primetime Pirates Royals on Memorial Day? <laughs> All I gotta say is—is uh, is he back? Is the king? He's back. Adalberto Mondesi is back. There you go. That's how what can, I'm watching. How can you not watch? Led the league in WRC plus this week. Exactly. Don't sleep. Do not. I'm snoring. Yeah, I'm just like. Oh. But yeah, no, I think that I think Dodgers Braves, and it's interesting too because both teams would would hope to be in a better spot than they are right now. Obviously, the Dodgers are still doing fine, but um, that'll be uh, could could be a good one. Yeah, yeah, quite a few good series coming up this week. Um, whether it's your team or one that you'll be watching instead of your team, uh, make sure to tune in to a bunch of games this week and. I know this week we did this live show on Sunday, so we could had to do Saturday night watch party for Diamonditis last night instead. Uh, but we'll be back to usual again next week um, as we re-record. Uh, we're not record, but uh, do the live show on Sundays for the Sunday night baseball game. So make sure, at the very least, you're tuning into that. But that's going to do it for us baseball fans. Um, first of all, Joey, Ryan, Scott, thank you all for joining our very first live version of This Week in Baseball. Usually we keep these around an hour, folks, but with it being a special occasion, we wanted to make sure we brought you a lot of good content. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed, whether you stayed for the whole time or jumped in and out, but we appreciate you listening tonight. Other than these live podcasts, make sure to find us at our website, diamond-digest.com. At Twitter, if you're not on there currently, at Diamond underscore Digest. Instagram, Diamond dot Digest. Basically, anywhere you're going to be on social media, we're probably going to be there. And uh, we hope you check in because whether it's our writers doing things or we got our um, we, we've got our usual, like we said, the Sunday night baseball. But throughout the week, there's plenty of articles coming out. So make sure you're tuning in. Um, really talented cast as usual uh, with, with quite a lot of things to say. So, gentlemen, thank you again for Scott Bentley, for Ryan Rudy. I don't know what's so funny. And for Joey Bully. This is Jordan Lazowski signing off. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. And we'll talk to you next week. See you soon. Peace.